And today we have an interview with someone right on the other side of the country in East Anglia, Dr. Adrian Cooper, one of the founders of the Felix Stowe Community Nature Reserve, which has now developed its own climate justice agenda. He is also a European Citizen Science Ambassador and he will be telling us all about that. But Dr. Cooper, Adrian, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Shona. Thank you. So please tell us all about um, the Felix Stowe Community Nature Reserve because um, that's, yeah, what, 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 what is that? How, how did that come about? It came about in May 2015 and basically we're a group of volunteers who encourage local people to allocate at least three square yards of their gardens or allotments for any wildlife-friendly activity. Um, We give them the information and they, being the landowners of those gardens and allotments, they make the choices. So it might be bee-friendly plants. They might want to put a a uh, wildlife-friendly pond in there. They might want to make a hedgehog home, insect lodge, whatever they they choose. But the local volunteers uh, allocate uh, their, their small parts of their gardens, a few of them, uh, allocate the whole of their gardens, but mainly it's between three and four square yards or three and four square metres. And it makes a difference because now, uh, 2024, we have over 1,700 active members. And if you do the math, um, three and a half square yards per member, um, 1,700 members, that's an area of new habitat that we've created equivalent in area to a full-size football pitch. My goodness. So this has been going for several years now, and it's obviously it sort has. of, it's, been, it's grown and you, you know, you've got almost 2,000 members now. Yes. Um, it's, it's also grown across the UK because we've inspired 12 other community-based uh, conservation groups to do the same. And as you might imagine, they're, they're growing at a pace that is right for them. Um, I know the one uh, in, in Carln, uh, Carln Community Nature Reserve, they've also created an, their own um football pitch-sized area of new habitat, and others are are on that road. So it's it's really encouraging that that this very simple idea of allocating small spaces in your back garden is spreading across the UK, and people are making a a difference. They're they're a part of something very big indeed. Amazing. And so how did it come about? How did it start? Where did the idea come from? It started at the... Uh, the end of a general election debate. Now, I'm not going to get political, <laughs> but uh, um, <clears throat> it was the start of the Cameron Clegg coalition. And what I noticed in that general election debate leading up to that general election result, nothing was said about the marked decline in wildlife populations across the UK. And I get it, the economy has to come first, public services, etc. But my point is that somewhere within the mix of political debate, there should have been something about the decline in wildlife, and there wasn't. So I woke up on the, the morning of that, the start of that, that coalition, and I thought, well, something should be done. And that night, I, I had dinner with friends, and I, I said, no, what, what can we do? And uh, we, we had various ideas, to cut a long story short. We, we came up with this idea 
no one was going to give us land. Uh, they, they didn't do it. It doesn't work like that. So we had to get a, a different type of nature reserve. And most nature reserves are one area of land, aren't they? Whether it's a lake district or anywhere else. We had to have something different because we couldn't afford one area of land. So we thought we'd have bite-sized chunks. And uh, all, all the gardens uh, that, that we have are a contribution to this, this network of green corridors, green networks. But by asking people to do something very modest, allocating only three square yards of their gardens or allotments, that, that seems to work. People often turn around to me and say, is that it? Is that, is that all that is? You're asking us to do three square yards? Well, that, that's it. But when you've done that, tell your family, friends and neighbours as well, because that's the way we spread. Um, by one shall tell another. It's, it's, the, it's the, the greatest form of marketing, isn't it? Yeah, and I suppose, it's, as you say, some people, you know, do dedicate more, um, but yes. as it's making, as having that first step, something achievable. And so the, you know, yourself and the other people who sort of founded it. So is it that you provide like advice or information, as you say, to the yes, members we, of this? Yes, we do. Um, I'd invite your listeners to check out the Facebook page of Felix Dome's Community Nature Reserve. We put a lot of information there, but we also do... If, events like this going on community radio um, BBC local radio as well um, and of course you also have to cater for people who don't use social media as well so we use the uh, the free local advertiser magazines every month for example there's a wonderful magazine in our area called Spotlight on Felixstowe and they let me put a 350 word article out in their magazine which gives them content but it also gives us the way to communicate to people in our area who only prefer print media so you, you have to touch all the bases but when you communicate um that sounds and, and yeah that, that sounds that's, great that's the way it's working so we, we also have um posters on uh, just about every community notice board there is in Felixstowe. <laughs> so again, you know, we're, we're reaching out to people th through that way. And what sort of have you seen in terms of the biodiversity in these little areas? Like what sort of um, maybe animal life, insect life, plant life are people seeing in their gardens when they do this? Yes, uh, we do regularly uh, do impact analysis on our work. We, we have a, a separate organisation called Felix O Citizen Science Group, and their main aim in life is to monitor the, the practical benefit of that. Um, a few years ago, they, they did a big local survey, and I, I think the statistics are that 62% of our members have seen a, an increase in biodiversity since they started to... You, uh, bring in wildlife-friendly plants to their uh, gardens, and 68% of uh, local people um, are using the recommendations that we have. So it, it, there's no room for complacency here, but it is encouraging. <laughs> no, that, I mean, that sounds, and also really empowering for people, because I think sometimes when we look at the climate crisis, it can feel so overwhelming. People don't know where to start, and doing something small like this is also because we know that gardening and being in touch with nature is good for our mental health as well. So it's well, sort of that, that's like right. That There's way too much anxiety in society at the moment. So to be part of something that is big and growing in, in the way I'm describing um, is it, healthy and it's, it's encouraging. P people feel good about it. Lovely. And so tell us now about the climate justice agenda that's a grown out of this. So this is a more recent development, but that you've launched it in Felixstowe. That's right. Um, 
everybody is aware that the, the number one challenge for humankind is the climate justice. And I'm going to have to take you back to September, October 2021. And, and local people were saying to me, what can Felix Stowe's Community Nature Reserve do about climate change? Well, that's a big question. So I politely threw it back at them and said, well, what would you like us to do? And let's talk about this. So in those months, starting from September, October 2021, there are a lot of informal discussions, uh, pubs, clubs, wherever, um, on that question. What can we do as a Felixstowe community as a contribution to climate uh, change? Again, to, to cut a long story short, uh, we got an agenda of 12 items um, that came from the people of Felixstowe, uh, and which we, we felt proud that, that it were practical. Um, we, we, did, we weren't uh, trying to be unrealistic, but realistic goals. Um, and then we had to launch them. And so on the 2nd of July, 2022, we had our Climate Justice March. And it was incredibly encouraging. We, we had Extinction Rebellion come down here with a samba band. Um, people were kind of anxious that they were mentioning Extinction Rebellion. Are they going to glue their backsides to the town hall? <laughs> well, no. I can tell you that Extinction Rebellion were brilliant to work with. I have no hesitation in working with them again. They were passionate, knowledgeable and uh, appropriate. And I, I said to all the marchers, now, let's be courteous to other people along the seafront, just in case we want to do this march again. <laughs> um, it was wonderful. But the, the Extinction Rebellion samba band added a real carnival atmosphere to it. And it made sure that people who hadn't heard the, the publicity, they heard our march, believe <laughs> They me. heard the band, <laughs> certainly. <laughs> and on parts of the march um, along the central seafront, we had about 300 people. And that, that wasn't um, along the, the whole of the march, but it was so encouraging. And I was in the middle of this thinking, you know, well, this this is incredible. This is just, well, it is beyond what we wanted. And it was the first, it's the first march of its kind that's happened in Felixstowe. Is that right? Yes, Around the that's climate. right. That's right. Um, and, and perhaps now would be a, a good time for me to just summarise our 12-point agenda. Yes, I, I can send this to you. But I, I'd like uh, your listeners to uh, see, see what they think about this. I'll just run through it. So number one, for those who can, walk and or cycle on local journeys to reduce their emissions. Number two, use more public transport wherever possible. Number three, recycle old and obsolete digital devices through Enviraphone.com or similar groups to that. Number four, use more PV solar panels on local homes, but also local schools, public buildings and business premises. Number five, eat less meat to reduce demand for land to grow cattle feed and therefore reduce deforestation. Number six, encourage local people to own electric and or hybrid cars. Seven, use smart meters to monitor and manage domestic energy consumption. Number eight, adopt car sharing wherever possible. Number nine, use more home insulation to reduce demand for energy. Number 10, support Felixstowe's Fair Trade Forum. Number 11, local school children to encourage their families to adopt these solutions. And finally, number 12, encourage your family, friends and neighbours to do the same. So I think those 12, they're doable, aren't they? And we're not expecting everybody to do them all. That, that's unrealistic. But 
if we all make a contribution, because the, the point is, and what we have learned, is that the response to climate change is not just about governments and corporations. Everybody has to be involved. That, that is clear. And if we can start making our contributions now, then it helps uh, our local communities, but it also sends out a, a mighty voice to our leaders to say that this is what we're doing, this is, this is what we're trying to do, this is on our agenda, and uh, guys, we'd like you to take it a bit more seriously, please. And, and also, we, we can encourage other people across the UK, and I've been able to take this agenda across the European Union to all 27 nations, so that, that's incredibly encouraging. Yeah, and I want to ask you more about that in a minute. But first, just to um, delve into a couple more of those points, because a lot of these are sort of ones I've heard before, but some of them I'm less familiar with. So recycling the old and obsolete digital devices through Envirophone.com. Can you tell, do you know a bit about how that works? Because it's something we hear a lot about, about uh, digital waste, technology can be very wasteful. But I think a lot of people are stuck with what to do. You know, we have, maybe people have a couple of old phones in their drawers at home and they're like, I don't want to just throw these away, but I don't know what to do with them. Well, I think Envirophone and and, and phone, F-O-N-E, I'd encourage people to check out that website. Um, It's basically a case of of not throwing your old computer or your old phone away, but recycling it so that the resources within that can be taken out and perhaps used in a better way. So so we are recycling. We're familiar with recycling uh, packaging and all the rest of it. This uses exactly the same principle for just to recycle our old digital devices because uh, particularly young people, they, they like to have the latest phone, don't they, and uh, the, the latest anything. So instead of just, just slinging that old one away uh, and, and crunching it um, in Virophone, and there, there, are, there are other organisations like this. I, was, I, mean, I know that some um, high street recycling places in some towns are, are available. So the whole idea of recycling the digital uh, devices is, is all part of this saving energy, saving emissions, um, um, and, and uh, re- reducing CO2 in the atmosphere. Amazing. And Felix Stowe's Fair Trade Forum. So point 10 was support Felix Stowe's Fair Trade Forum. What What yes. is that? Um, well, this just shows that uh, what we do in Felix Stowe is not just isolated to our town because Felix Stowe's Fair Trade Forum, as with all fair trade products, they support uh, farmers on the front line and, and others who are actually growing uh, food. But rather than being exploited by uh, large corporations, naming no names, of course, um, <laughs> uh, the, the Fair Trade Forum as an organisation represented in Felix Stowe for us, of course, um, it, it just just tries to get some justice for farmers. And it just shows that what we can do in Felixstowe can support people in Kenya and in Southeast Asia and elsewhere. So it, it reminds us that we're all connected and we can be connected and supportive in a, in a realistic and practical way. Lovely. And I know you know you said you don't want to get too political, but have you had much response from your local politicians, the ones in Felixstowe, about this agenda and these and these uh, goals? Uh, no, <laughs> uh, no, um, no. It, it, it's it's been a, a yawning silence. But, oh, but that's interesting. All... <laughs> yeah. um, 
our local MP, uh, Teresa Coffey, used to be the Environment Minister. Oh, my and, goodness. Uh, I, when I started off Community Nature Reserve, I, I wrote to her and had a very frosty response Um twisting what we are going to do. But but that that's fine, because uh, if the politicians think that their silence is going to stop us, they are very wrong indeed. Absolutely. Um, and if anyone is listening who knows any politicians in Felixstowe, you know, <laughs> tell, <laughs> yeah, tell we, them the, the group's not going are. away. <laughs> that's right. But no, um, th- this is all about the people of Felixstowe. And uh, it, it's, it's a community-based effort. All the ideas from those, those 12 agenda items uh, came from the people of Felix. So arising out of uh, wonderful conversations in our local pubs. Um, and, and by the way, the pub owners and, and business owners were incredibly supportive. One of the things I did just to emphasize the joined up thinking on this, I, I made a, a climate justice placard and I, I approached local business owners and I said, if you're willing to stand outside your shop or premises holding up the placard, I will give you free publicity on a rapidly growing Facebook page. So they said, yes, please. So we had all sorts of uh, people and their teams holding our um, climate justice placard outside the Greenhouse uh, Cafe, Mr. Cobbler, and, and, and all the rest of it uh, outside Butchers, just to remind people, not uh, about uh, giving businesses free publicity, because I was pleased to do that, but it, it just shows that climate change, climate justice, is a, a, all about joined-up thinking. And it involves local schools, local businesses, you, me. We, we all have to be involved. And we know that uh, particularly local food networks is an important way of tackling climate change. You know, if we're, if you're, if people have a local butcher that they are able to support, then that's probably more environmentally friendly if they are eating meat than shipping meat in from halfway across the world. So it all, it all links that's right. up. Uh, yes, that's that's right. It gets back to that joined up thinking, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, lovely. So, um, well, the politicians in Felixstowe, they uh, are certainly, maybe they need to catch up with the rest of Felixstowe, it sounds well, like. We, we, we gently encourage them. <laughs> I, I think that, no, it, it's, it's very easy to condemn, isn't it, and, and to judge. I, I'm not keen on that, but I, I like a culture that is gentle and kind and encouraging. So that, that's, that's, what, that's the, the, the message that we send out, gently encouraging. Yeah. So um, talking a bit more wider now about, um, you said you're a European citizen science ambassador and you've been talking about this across um, Europe. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yes. um, The European Union uh, is very keen on citizen science. They're they're promoting a lot of this, grassroots involvement of everyday people in the environment, getting people to ask questions. They really are big on that. And despite Brexit, they were kind enough to send me an email, would I like to be uh, a a, a European citizen science ambassador? Well, yes, please. Now, what a wonderful opportunity to contact some uh, amazing people. What it means is that I can tell people right across the European Union about the citizen science projects that are happening in the UK. And of course, with the uh, climate justice agenda that I've just been describing, the Felixstowe Citizen Science Group has been supplying locally relevant data about local networks of PV panels. So we're not talking about data from around the world or around the UK. We we can talk about Felixstowe-related data as collected by our citizen scientists. And because that's quite a novel thing to do, 
I can encourage other citizen science groups um, right across the EU. I mean, the, the first person to share this idea was the ambassador in, in the Czech Republic. And, and he has a network of 800 followers. So w- suddenly we, we were very big in the Czech Republic, <laughs> which is slightly bizarre. But when, when you're locked in on that kind of network, you can do that kind of thing. But and all 27 ambassadors have been terrific. Um, they'd never previously heard of Felix Stowe's uh, Citizen <laughs> Science Group <laughs> uh, because the, these are people from universities of Berlin, Milan, Oslo, no, big-time players. And they could easily have said, who on earth is a Felix Stowe Citizen Science Group, this unfunded group of volunteers, but they haven't said that. They're, they're in quite the opposite. They've said, well, can, can I, I do a presentations to them? And I've done that. Uh, can I send them you know, more articles? And uh, what I do, I, I publish articles on the National Biodiversity Network blog. Uh, and the NBM has been hugely supportive of what we do. And then I send the link to the, the um, European citizen science people so that people get to have an article um, which they can share with students and other activists. So, again, as I was saying, uh, it, it's like having a very big pond and, and throwing pebbles into that. The, the ripples go everywhere. And it's exciting, it's encouraging, and it's happening. Yeah, and so the articles you publish, they're based on the data that the citizen scientists in Felix do are collecting, amongst other information, I'm sure. That That's exactly right, yes. Um, and I, I think, you know, if when we're talking to people in Felix, if we can say that, for example, a, a network of uh, local PV panels uh, have got this amount of financial uh, revenue coming in from them and have saved on a, an average per uh, PV panel uh, however many tonnes of CO2, people say, well, no, I can relate to that uh, r- rather than uh, no, broader data, which, which makes things sound more, more remote and, and less practical. If you can show that, uh, people that um, PV panels have been installed already, um, and are bringing in a, uh, an environmental benefit through the saving of CO2, it measured in tons, tens of tons now, um, per household, uh, and, and a financial revenue. And of course, that's uh, important to mention, because with, with the cost of living crisis and uh, energy uh, prices just becoming uh, totally mad, uh, being able to subsidise your, your en- energy costs uh, just has to be a winner, doesn't it? Absolutely. And it's, yeah, all those different, it's all interconnected, isn't it? Tackling the cost of living crisis. It gets back to the need for joined up thinking. Yeah. So if people want to find out more, uh, if they, well, if they want to find out more about this, they should look on the website, on the Facebook page, Felix Stowe Community Nature Reserve. Um, And if they want to get in touch with you about finding out more about this, maybe requesting a presentation, what's the best way to find you online? Oh, on, online, send a, a private message through the Felix O Community Nature Reserve Facebook page. Um, and I have a, a, a Zoom, uh, a, a, I beg your pardon, a, a PowerPoint presentation that I can offer on, on Zoom meetings. So anybody across the UK uh, I can get to. I, I tend to talk for about, about 40 minutes usually and then take as many questions as local audiences want. I'm very happy to do that. Uh, just to spread the word, to tell people how we started, how we've developed, and how we've got into uh, climate change and climate justice. So, so that offer is there. 
Lovely. And what's sort of the next? What's sort of the next steps for you or for the um, climate justice agenda? You know, twenty twenty four. Where would you like to see the group go next? Well, the, the next step is this coming Thursday when I've got another meeting with the European Citizen Science Ambassadors and I'll be banging the drum for <laughs> what we've just been talking about just to reinforce that and, and to encourage them. Um, across uh, 2024, I'd love to do more interviews like this. And uh, I, I know that you and I got together through the uh, Community Radio Environment Network, didn't we? And, and that, that that was the, the bridge that uh, helped out got us together to, to make this interview. So maybe um, more community radio stations might like to have an interview of this type. That would be great. And just to watch it grow and, and particularly to see young people getting involved through schools. Um, another thing I do is, is to be a, a STEM ambassador to encourage people to think um, not just in terms of STEM subjects uh, for schools, but STEM subjects as being uh, making a practical contribution to uh, cl- climate change, climate justice. Brilliant. And are there any final words, final messages you'd like to leave with our listeners? Yes, uh, a lot of your listeners might think, oh, I couldn't possibly make a difference. But we we, we had that doubt when we began. And I, I think we, we've kind of quashed that because we, we are making a difference. Um, we're showing that climate change is not just about governments and corporations. It, climate change has to involve everyone because you know, everyone's affected by, by the climate and its influences. So I'd invite and encourage everyone to develop something in your local neighbourhood along these lines. Don't slavishly follow the Felix Stone model, but adapt it to what your community wants and uh, take it from there and be prepared to be amazed. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Adrian Cooper from Felix Stowe Community Nature Reserve. Thank you, Shona. And Felix Stowe is spelt F-E-L-I-X. S-T-O-W-E, is that right? That's yes. the one, yeah. <laughs> For those who thank haven't heard you. of it. Well, a lovely and have a great rest of your day. Oh, thank you, Shona. I'm very grateful to you.